Good morning, Saints fans. Happy Wednesday to you. This is the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined later on the show by John DeShazer, and we sit down with NFL Network and Good Morning Football's Kay Adams to talk to her about her Halloween costume, which was the Lombardi Trophy. If you haven't seen that, make sure you go on her Instagram or Twitter. It was a pretty funny costume. We also talk about the Saints and where they are right now after coming off of the bye week. We hope you all enjoyed your bye week. I know we took a couple shows off, but it was business as usual here at the Oshner Sports Performance Center. You had players hitting the super strut. You had Drew Brees going into Purdue and leading the charge and with a big motivational speak speech. So a busy weekend for Saints players, including Halloween costumes galore. We will have the Saints on social on NewOrleansSaints.com and on social media later today. So make sure you're following at Saints on social media. All right, let's go ahead and get into things with Kay Adams. All right, Kay, first things first, we just came from Halloween and you were the Vince Lombardi trophy. I need to know the (laughs) genesis of when that started, how it began, how you got the costume together. Tell me everything about the costume. Oh my goodness. Caroline, I am the biggest procrastinator ever. Could not think of a costume. The guys had already picked theirs. I couldn't think of an NFL character from the past hundred years that I really wanted to dress up as. Um, man or woman so I just decided to be the best thing in the world which is the Lombardi Trophy so I they were like what do you mean how do we want that to work and I just sent them a photo of like pretty much the tin man yeah (laughs) all silver and I said I want to do do boldly what you do it all so we went all the way and uh it was really really cool and I hope I'll be wearing it down in New Orleans for the Super Bowl parade yeah I hope so too how long did it take you to get all of that silver spray paint off of you you know, it was like a triple shower, right? It was like triple shampoo, triple conditioner, triple scrubbing. I've never been asked so much about my shower habits in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, wait, shouldn't it all have come out come out in the champagne showers? Uh, shouldn't they have been dousing yeah. you with champagne the whole show? Yeah, this is really just a test <laughs> for what's going to happen down in New Orleans for the victory parade because I'll, I know that that sort of paint can sustain and survive that sort of uh, situation. So it's waterproof. I'm ready to go New Orleans. Yeah, Let's on- do it. Honestly, when I first saw you, I thought you were just a street performer because that's how most of the street performers <laughs> down here are clothed in just the gold and silver spray paint. So I uh, almost had you Karen, confused. I got to tell you for a second, if I, ha- if I didn't have to run after the show to do the Thursday night pregame show for Amazon, I was thinking... Let me go to Times Square, make myself like 50 bucks really quick. <laughs> Pay for dinner real quick. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, another thing that you had on your show that, of course, we have to address is Taysom Hill, your soapbox comments, your yeah. Taysom Hill not being available as a quarterback or only being available as a quarterback in fantasy football. Who do we have to talk to to change things up? I'm trying to find out. It's something that I thought was just bothering me personally, and it's bubbled up week to week. And then I got to fill in and host the weekend show for Good Morning Football, and they said, what's something you just want to get off your chest? And I right away thought, Taysom Hill, because it's really frustrating. I'm a Michael Thomas owner, so he's snaking some love, right, from the other receivers. Right. Uh, and he's taking some of their catches. So and at first I just thought, oh, he's just a total vulture because he's taking looks and targets and – touchdowns and red zone looks away from the other guys on the Saints that I have. And then I started thinking, well, how can I play him? Can I pick him up? And when I saw that he was only available at quarterback, that's crazy to me, especially because Drew Brees, even even last week when he was back, showed him the love, and they're using him all over the field. He, in my opinion, 
is the most versatile weapon in the NFL. He has been, and I was a little surprised when Drew Brees went down um, and Teddy got the start, but Taysom wasn't more involved. I thought surely he's going to get the ball or be at quarterback. We just I've, Every time we see him make a play, it just sparks the entire team. So uh, it, it just really bothered me. Hopefully, I guess I didn't realize, Caroline, that so many other people have the same issues. Like Now it's like a thing, and everyone's like, yeah, let's do this. So hopefully we can get it changed. Well, it sounds like the fantasy football league or whoever the czar is wasn't listening to Coach Payton because he said begin beginning of the season he only kept two tight ends because they were going to run Taysom some at tight end. Now, who knew that they were going to be throwing him touchdowns? But it seems like he kind of gave a little <laughs> bit of a forewarning that they would be using him some. So, you know, I guess the, the beef would be with whomever, you know. Yeah. I don't know who that <laughs> star is, but he needs to be overthrown for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are your thoughts so far uh, throughout the season? I mean, obviously, when you saw Drew Brees go down in week two against the Rams with the with the thumb injury, I don't mm. think anyone would have expected the Saints to be 7-1 and one going into the bye week. So what are your impressions uh, so far of, of how the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater have just stepped up over these last few weeks? It's incredible. I wasn't as worried as I think a lot of people were. I wasn't writing their season away. There was some optimism surrounding Drew Brees. I knew they had Taysom Hill, who I thought, honestly, they were going to go with. And then giving it to Teddy Bridgewater, who I know everybody loves and adores playing for. I just feel like this team faces adversity on every level. They've been doing it for the past three years uh, that I've noticed for the duration of Good Morning Football, rather. And I'm not surprised that they're 7-1, and one, and I really think this is just all Sean Payton. And yes, it's the players, and yes, it's the adversity that's built in and being resilient, but that all comes from him. I mean, he won Coach of the Year his first year there, right, 2006. Um, and it's wild to me because he's just like the Terminator. They keep coming back. He keeps coming back. This team still listens to his message and plays for him. Remember when he rolled in the money? Uh, the cash for Mark Ingram, and that was a big story. He, you know, there's a lot of coaches, their message, the way that they try to affect their players sort of phases out or gets watered down or loses its luster. You can look right in your division to Dan Quinn, right, and the Falcons. It was embrace the suck, and he's doing you know, all of these different things to get his team to play for him. For some reason, Sean Payton has them at a 10 out of 10 every year, every game, every play. I think that in itself is really, really impressive. So to me, this is Sean Payton saying I'm coach of the year this season, and he is. You know, Kay, has it been, I guess, impressive from the outside? That, well, I guess you're saying that now, but and actually that's what you're saying, that he's been able to kind of shape shift not only as a coach but this roster. Um, this was a Drew Brees-reliant roster for 10, 12 years, and now it seems to be not made necessarily a defensive-reliant um, roster but they can win yeah. strictly with defense yeah i think that the the i always like to look at the like the positive side john and i feel like with drew Brees leaving the field it really just lets the defense get a chance to shine because this defense not just for this season not just for these those five games really for a, a few years now has been awesome and stout and playing at a higher level than previously over the last six weeks now, they're the number two defense in the NFL. People still are trying to not pay attention to that. So I did like when you had Teddy Bridgewater in there and he was running the offense perfectly. The defense finally got some time to shine. They are scoring. They're making plays, turnovers, all of that happened. So, I mean, that whole 100-yard rusher thing is unbelievable. I looked it up before uh, I hopped on with you guys. 
The last 100-yard rusher was week 11 of 2017. It was Samaje Pirine. That is the last person to rush for 100 yards. And let's not pretend that the Saints don't face anybody. They face the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley. They face the best of the best. So this defense, I just like that they've been given an opportunity to sort of get a little shine since Drew Brees has been gone. But it's all working together really perfectly. And you talk about Drew being gone, and I want to be careful with how I use my words here, but it wasn't exactly rest, but he did not play in an NFL game for five weeks going into uh, the second part of the season. How do you think that is going to play out for the second part of the season? Because not a lot of teams have had that luxury of getting their, their star quarterback back for the second half of the season. Yeah, the question is, is this going to be a great thing, the best thing that could have happened to Drew Brees? And I'm not a doctor. I can't speak to arm fatigue or any of that. I can always just look at the numbers, right? So the only concern really with the Saints, the only hole you could even poke at them last year, and the, the, you know, the end of it uh, sort of out of their hands, the last six weeks, including the playoffs, Caroline, he had seven touchdowns, five interceptions, right? He was below average. His numbers across the board we're down. So if this means, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I know rest is good. Rest looks great. I know he came off. He didn't have any rust. He looked awesome. So to me, it's not only good that he's getting the rest, but I also think it goes beyond measure. Just as a human being, the confidence it can give a team and you personally, if you're part of that squad, to know, whoa, we just did all of that without our Hall of Fame quarterback. We just got here without Alvin Kamara for this handful of games. Michael Thomas, the best wide receiver in the National Football League, didn't take a stop that a step back. We believe fully buying in in Sean Payton. I feel like there's this, there's no more confident team in the NFL than the Saints, and they should be that way. Now, Kay, we've gotten your perspective on the Saints. Now, how about the rest of the NFC? Because you know San Francisco being the only undefeated team remaining yeah. in the NFL, uh, but there seem to be some teams at the top of the NFC that that could be quite challenging for the Saints. Yeah, the NFC is definitely a gauntlet. I mean, the Ravens made the AFC a lot more interesting. Uh, Sunday Night Football Week 9, that's for sure. But, I mean, the way that things are falling right now, you're talking about the one seed with the Niners, right? The Niners yeah. come to New Orleans Week 14. If I was looking at the, you know, if I'm looking at the schedule for New Orleans right now, that's the one. I mean, it's a 1 p.m. game. It, that, that week is full of insane games, so I'm not sure if it'll get flexed or not. But that is, that's the one. Niners having to go on the road. I mean, I know they had... A bunch of impressive wins, but they weren't against the Saints. No team is like New Orleans, and there's no place to play like New Orleans. So I'm not trying to say that the second-half schedule is a breeze by any chance. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I feel like the Niners would be it. That's the, uh, that's the one. And really, with the way the offensive line's been playing for New Orleans, I don't necessarily see the strength of the Niners, which is, of course, their pass rush and what Bosa's been doing and what DeForest Buckner's been able to do as far as making quarterbacks uncomfortable. I don't see that happening on the road in New Orleans. Okay, before we let you go, we have to ask you our seat geek question. What game yesterday, there was there was a, quite a few exciting games yesterday, but mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you watched them on a plethora of televisions, but which one All was the them, most yeah. exciting <laughs> for you to watch yesterday? Oh, let me see. I mean, it was last night's game, Patriots-Ravens. It shook the earth. I'm doing my power rankings. Uh, I have to do a Fight My Five segment where I rank every NFL team, and there's a lot of people saying that Niners should now be above the Saints. They've won eight. I don't think that they did enough beating the Cards uh, last week. It was very close, so I didn't love the win, even though it was a short week. So you're looking at, what do you do with the Patriots? What do you do with the Patriots now? The Ravens? Hmm. They had no answer for Lamar Jackson. He is... 
probably the most exciting, talented, athletic player in the NFL right now. And if guys like Jamie Collins and Hightower and Bill Belichick can't stop him, who can? And will they have to face each other again in January? Will Belichick have an answer for him, a solution? Because you can say what you want about the 20 years of experience that Belichick has, and you can say, yes, he's played you know, Vic or Colin Kaepernick. He's played him a couple of times. They don't design runs. He, you know, they weren't doing that for Kaepernick. They weren't doing that for Vic, as athletic and as, as incredible as they were. This is the first time he's playing a guy, and it's probably the last time in a long time where the offense is by design, make like designing runs for him and the, the, that option. So to me, uh, that game was. I mean, I was looking forward to it all day, and it panned out incredibly. Okay, I have one more question to ask you. I know I said it was my last one, but I've been meaning to ask you this every time we've interviewed you. You've had Cam Jordan on y'all's show before. How do yeah. you corral Cam Jordan and all the Cam Jordan-ness? Because every time we interview him, he seems to go off in a million different directions, and you're like, wait, what was my question again? I don't even remember. And then you just get sidetracked the whole interview. How do you guys manage to just kind of put a lasso around him and just control oh, the Cam-ness? I think, I think the first couple of times it was just like a, a – a natural disaster. <laughs> what what just happened here? Like it was, it, it, he swept through Tan, the Tasmania Devil, yeah. and then it was over. And since then, uh, I think this experience, I would say, I he is a huge part of why what drew me to this team. Yeah, his when you know when it's so funny that you even bring him up because when I was talking about how there's not a more confident team in the NFL, that he's the picture that popped into my head. Yeah, Cam Jordan feels. Like, this is a team of destiny. Mm. Cam Jordan believes in his bones, on camera, off camera, this is the best team. His quarterback is better than Aaron Rodgers. This defense is the best in the league, and he's the best pass rusher. He believes that in his bones, and he really lives that New Orleans, uh, just that whole vibe. So I feel like that permeates. You know how he's just a character. He walks in the room, and he owns it. He sucks yeah. all of the, the energy out of the room, and it's his. Even just him being in the locker room, I hope he gets enough credit for being that guy, too, as good as a player as he is on the field. And it's crazy because that's just who he is. You know, it's not like you put the yeah. camera in front of him and he's no. acting like a different person. That's who he is. And I always can't help no, no, but no. wonder what he's like as a dad because he's just another kid. You know, you have all this energy <laughs> when you're at the facility. And then when you go home, you have like this dad who's like you said, the Tasmanian Bull Devil. He's just running around. He is, and he, you know, and he listens. He pays attention. If I say something that, you know, is a little critical or against, he's paying attention. He knows what all the media members are saying. I think he's, he's very much driven by doubt. Mm. Uh, and people, you know, he likes to chip on his shoulder, all of that for some reason. A lot of the individual players, you know, I have people treating me all day, well, who is a good defensive player on the Saints? Or do they have any good players? And, you know, and I think he sees stuff like that and takes it very personally, which I hope he continues to do because he is crushing it this season. Okay, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck the rest of your this week with your shows and stuff. Okay, talk to you guys hopefully in a couple of weeks. All right, well, hope thank so. You. Thank you. Thanks to Kay for coming on the show. As always, that interview was presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. 
Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners, that's you, will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Again, thanks to Kay Adams for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. We know you're used to hearing Saints sit-downs on Wednesday's show, but that will have to wait until Friday's show. You don't want to miss it. Due to the bye week, we had to change some things up, but we will have Saints sit-downs for you on Friday. Thanks for listening, uh, and we'll catch up on Friday.